Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum. And in this HR Chat, we're going to hear some of the lived experiences of Schneider Electric's SVP of Talent and Diversity, Tina Cowmylon. Listen as Tila shares her take on how HR is adapting in the next normal in order to move beyond the pandemic and shape the future of work. Tina is responsible for talent acquisition, talent management, employer branding. Bear with me, listeners. She does a lot of things. Learning and development, performance management, succession planning, organizational effectiveness, leadership development, DEI, and well-being. As part of her duties, Tina plays a key role in driving digital and cultural transformation for Schneider Electric's employees. Tina, it's my pleasure to have you on the show today. Hello, Bill. Thanks for the introduction. It reminds me of um, all my little responsibilities, big and large, and I'm really happy to be here. Well, let's let's get into it then. Beyond my wee introduction there, Tina, why don't you take a minute or two and uh, tell our listeners a bit about yourself and maybe a bit more about what you get up to over at Schneider Electric. Happy to, Bill. So hello, everyone. And I am based out of Boston. Uh, It's actually my hometown. It's where I was born. And my role at Schneider is not a local Boston one, but indeed quite a global one. And in that capacity is really thinking about for our workforce, for our employees, for our culture, how do we think about um, a really inclusive, high-performing um, organization in the not only for today, but in the future. So I have always played in the talent, leadership, culture, diversity, equity, inclusion space, Bill. I love those areas. I've been doing it for a couple decades now. And half my career has been in the corporate side, so working in large organizations. And half has been on the consulting side. So in the earlier part of my career, I spent quite a bit of time doing the same topics, but working with various organizations um, in a consulting model. So I love these topics. And I think especially not to mention the current environment and the pandemic or post to pandemic too much, but it is a reality we can't ignore. But I think especially in that context, We have a lot of reflection going on. It has huge implications for society and workforces around the world. So many of the topics related to talent and DEI and well-being are really super germane and super relevant in this market. And certainly for Schneider Electric, it's something we are working hard at to continue to improve. We'll be right back after this quick message from today's sponsor. Congratulations. After extensive research and interviews, you found the right applicant to fill your open position. They had a perfect resume, a professional attitude, but are you sure they are who they say they are? Did you know that 22% of candidates lie on their resume? At Mintz, we believe better safe than sorry. Check us out at mintzglobalscreening.com. Okay, wonderful. Thank you very much. Now then, as part of my homework today, Tina, uh, I was reading a few different interviews with you. And mm. in, in one of those, uh, you, you, uh, there's this lovely quote about what you love doing and, and what a big focus of your job is. And that's empowering employees to be in the driver's seat of performance management. So giving them the tools and strategies, I'm assuming, uh, to make sure that they can uh, have a better say 
in in their developments and hopefully they grow with the company so my, my next question for you tina is when it comes to empowering employees at schneider electric to be in the driver's seat of performance management what, what are you most proud of from your time there so far I think for me, um, well, first of all, I, I fully still subscribe to the statement, Bill. I, I think it resonates more than ever that whilst companies do all they can to set up the right processes and technology and environment for continued career development, including managing performance, managing growth, managing learning, we know that uh, both driven by the next generation of talent, the market, especially dynamic market, um, um, nature of the war, w way we work. And also, frankly, we can't count on corporations, to be quite honest, to help drive the development and performance of each of us individuals. So I very much subscribe to the notion that employees need to be empowered, and they also need to take up the enthusiasm and accountability to drive the career. Of course, with the support of a company, managers, HR mentors, et cetera. Probably in my tenure, in my role at Schneider Electric, one of the areas I'm super excited about that we launched globally about a year and a half ago is what we call open talent market. So in the spirit of HR also playing a role in digital transformation, Bill, we partnered with a startup at the time, and they're quite large now today, um, to really leverage AI and machine learning in a global way to match our employees with development opportunities. And this is really about um, AI driving matches in terms of jobs within Schneider Electric around the world, mentorships based on preferences and skills and um, where one wants to grow their career and their performance. Also, we have one around internal gigs, so projects up to 10, 15% of an employee's time. So it was a major change, not only from a process and technology side for us, but certainly from a cultural mindset. Keep in mind that there's still very traditional pockets in our company where we anticipate not that the employees are driving their career, but still the tap on the shoulder from the managers to say, Tina, you're ready for your next move. So the open talent market was really both a cultural and continues to be both a cultural and technolo technological disruption for us. And I do believe um, it's the way of the future where employees have access to open data, transparency around projects, um, around opportunities, helping to drive their development and their performance in their current role, but also for future opportunities. And it's experiment. So we've had, um, just to rattle off a few figures, because we just did the H1 review, we now have a couple of thousand of mentor-mentee matches around global. Globally, three-fourths of them are cross-business unit, cross-geography, so that's really cool. And then it's the same with projects. Um, in terms of matching people, using their free time to build up new skills with projects around the world and, of course, permanent positions. So we're in the early stages, but we love it. It's disruptive. It's not perfect, but it is changing the way. And it's starting back to your first point about empowering employees to take control of their, their development and their performance. Well, that all sounds fabulous and it's terribly positive. So with, with that in mind, let's switch things up and, uh, and get a little bit more serious just for a moment. It's been a heck of an 18 months. Uh, talk to me about some of the, 
the the unique, the extraordinary stresses that have been placed on you and, and your team over at Schneider Electric since Q1 of 2020? Sure. And I, I think what I'll be sharing, Bill, is certainly not unique to your listeners around the world. Um, and in, I think we've collectively been part of this very challenging period. And we're not out of it, right? And, and, and we all know that. I think for Schneider Electric, uh, recall that we are quite a global company. We've got 130,000 employees over 100 sites all over the world. And it's pretty much split, a third, a third, a third between Asia, Europe, and the Americas. So each of us experienced or are experiencing the pandemic quite differently. If I start with my team and in the talent and leadership and DEI and well-being space, probably the areas where we were most paying attention to on behalf of our employees were indeed around um, ways of working and how do you work more digitally in a smarter way without getting without becoming a zombie, for example, and, and having burnout from you know 12. 12-hour um, workdays over um, a digital platform. And another area related to that was indeed around um, a corollary to that, which was mental health and stress. We saw for sure across Schneider an uptick in that area. While I would still acknowledge that the company, country by country, did quite a lot in terms of care and flex work in support of their employees. But that theme, that overall, how do we work more efficiently, effectively in a digital age with our customers and partners and employees, and the corresponding link to well-being, mental health, were probably top of mind issues that our team had to rally quickly to support both globally and locally um, some of the solutions. And, and if I may, one example, um, and this was back in Q4 of last year, so maybe we had assume the pandemic was closing its chapter um, earlier, uh, but we did align globally. And at Schneider means, again, aligning with all our country presidents and our leadership across the various market markets to refresh our, our flexibility at work policy. It was nothing fancy, Bill, but I think it was a really specific and concrete um, validation that Schneider Electric in all our countries will endorse the hybrid way of working. And for us, that meant um, a mix of work from home and work from office with, depending, which depending by country, also some support mechanisms. So in the U.S., in addition to the hybrid policy, um, the U.S. rolled out things like stipends for work from home office and um, mental health um, support and advocacy and also flex work, including part-time. So again, maybe nothing new to some of your listeners, um, but certainly to take a global position on it and to implement it. And we just completed the implementation we had till H1 of this year to all of our countries around the world, this flex hybrid policy. That was a, a big achievement and I think super important to our employees. Love it. And a bit of a follow up then on, on, on that. As a global company, how are you guys projecting yourself in, in terms of being an employer brand, you know, an employer of choice, um, but also allowing for, for employees in different situations when different countries are at different stages of getting out of, of the mire caused by COVID? Yeah, so we like to call ourselves and we aspire to be 
the most local of global companies. It's uh, it's a mantra we use internally and externally. And while it's, quote, just language, it, it means a lot. It means a lot for the way we set up our operating model in the business, as well as the way folks like myself, right? I'm, I'm a global talent and diversity gal working in HR, but a lot of what I have to do is make sure um, I help shape the future with strategy ahead of the curve in terms of the most relevant solutions in those spaces for our workforce, but I have to make sure I stick the landing and make it pragmatic, applicable, market relevant, and support our local countries to embrace it and customize it as they deem fit. That balance is always a tricky and beautiful balance when it's achieved well, but let's be realistic, it's, it's also quite challenging sometimes. And there's many instances, right? Work from home. For certain countries, it is not the cultural norm. It is something where people may have small spaces or extended family members at home or caring for children or whatever the circumstance may be, where it's actually not realistic to do that. So we have to always, in everything we do, from a work from home flexibility policy to a high potential talent leadership topic to how we manage um, cultural change, those are all things we have to think globally, but really make sure we stick the landing locally. To your question around brand, it's, um, it's an exciting space. And for Schneider, I think for us, um, our value proposition is indeed around working for a company with a meaningful purpose. And here, uh, the real notion of belief in energy access for all people, and there's still around a billion people on the planet that don't have access to basic um, energy and electricity, and our commitment to sustainability. And we are humbly but super proud of our recent recognition as the number one sustainability company in the world. Uh, those pieces together, I think, make for a powerful, purpose-driven company. And I think in this environment, that matters more than ever. And the other things that we want to express and differentiate ourselves, and they're all works in progress, is around a very inclusive company globally. And uh, finally, a company that is empowered. And all of three of those dimensions, of course, go back to this notion of our business model, which is indeed to have a very global way and spirit and culture, but very local feel for how we work with our customers and also you know, across um, the globe with the employees. And finally, if I may, one example of that is one strategy that I drive with the business is our multi-local, multi-hub model. It's a mouthful for really talking about where we believe our key hubs or cities of operation are for our workforce. And what I try to do in my role is to make sure there's equity of opportunity, proximity to customers, access to great talent in not just Paris, France, where we're, where we're headquartered, but in um, an equal distribution or balance of key market markets or locations um, for us where we think those fit the criteria of equity of opportunity, proximity to customers and access to talent. Long way to say, Oh, 15 years ago, Schneider Electric revenues and leadership were primarily located in Western Europe. 65% of the revenue, 65% of the leaders. I'm, I'm simplifying. And today we are close to, well, we're already at one third, one third in terms of revenue and, and turnover. 
um, in, in across the three regions. And we are close to really making sure our senior leadership is in all those markets. That's actually a lovely flow because I, I now want to talk to you a little bit uh, more and go in a bit more depth with you uh, around DNI efforts. Um, mm. But I'm going to challenge you now. Okay, um, I've got I've got three questions here that I want to, or three areas that I want to focus on uh, that I know you're particularly passionate about: DNI, employee development, and upskilling, and well-being and mental health. But I want you if you don't mind, if you're, if you're up for the challenge, uh, to try and answer each in 90 seconds or less. Wow, Bill, that doesn't do it justice. I know, but uh, these are lovely <laughs> sound bites nonetheless. Uh, <laughs> so let, let's start with diversity, equity and inclusion then. Um, what's changed? What's working? Um, what are you still trying to, to learn and improve? DEI is a broad topic. What's working is that we are changing mindsets and results across the globe that we want to take a very broad position on DEI. So we started years ago, just mainly focused on gender equity and equality. And we really want to look at all varieties, forms and shapes of diversity. And that broader net that we cast has really had, I think, positive intake um, and impact on our employees and creating a more inclusive environment. Now, the challenge is indeed on some of the outcomes, and I would highlight one of the areas where we are still working our way um, towards progress. Today, our XCOM, our executive committee, is 44% women. A few years ago, it was in the 20s. That said, when you look at the pipeline of women, um, especially frontline entry-level managers, we are not where we wanna be. Uh, we've set an ambition to be around 40% frontline managers, and today we're only in the mid-20s, and that is a big challenge. Every decision counts in how we accelerate, identify, retain women at that middle level. Okay, I wasn't actually timing it, but I reckon that was under 90 seconds. Was that Very better? Well oh, my gosh. Very I remember well trying to be less verbose and more <laughs> for you. <laughs> no, it's just I, I, I like to get a bit naughty and switch up the the uh, the speed and the tempo. It's great. Go ahead. So let, let's continue in, in that vein. For, you know, in, under 90 seconds again, uh, in terms of employee development and upskilling, how much harder is it to, to train and to upskill your employees when, when they're remote? It's a great question and it's a great challenge for Shiner Electric. What we did discover, and I think it's fairly universal, digital learning is great. Digital learning is great when the content is great and the user experience is great. And if you don't have content and lead with content and you don't have a great user experience, i.e. digital learning experience, it can be disastrous. So in a nutshell, in this past 18 months, we have shifted quite a bit in terms of the percentage of learning globally that is done digitally. And we had to do it out of necessity like many other organizations. What we've learned is that the results are mainly positive, meaning people felt like they learned concrete things built new skills, enjoyed the learning experience. But I think we still have, as a company, ways to improve in terms of what truly is great learning methodology in a digital format. And I don't think we've all grown up with that, right? I think some people just think we can put a PowerPoint together and you just repeat what's on the PowerPoint slides. But for really well-designed learning experiences, it's a much more different animal. And one of the things I'm super proud of, um, we just finished wave one of what we call leadership for profitable growth. 
Um, in a simple term, we rolled this out to our top 1,000 leaders, and now we're rolling out to the next layer, around 3,000 of them. And it's all about the basics of how Schneider builds business and makes money in the different lines of our business. Um, and it's whether you're a finance pro or a general leader, we've got great experience and feedback on it because I think the content was spot on, but especially because the learning experience, a little more gamified, a little bit more of a blended learning with some face-to-face -face connections where we can, but also really amplified by digital and some expert outside in opinion or expertise. I think that combination package made it also a great learning experience. Let's just uh, wrap things up here before we uh, ask you how we can learn more. Let's just wrap th things up by talking a bit about mental well-being and, and mental health in the workplace. Uh, maybe you could quickly summarize what have been some of the big stresses over the last 18 months. And what do you believe companies should be doing in terms of supporting their employees? The biggest challenges uh, we've been facing, um, and I alluded to a little bit in the beginning, one is about um, pure mental health and stress management. Um, so how to um, still manage smart work and life integration when the vast majority of employees were at home. And even today, with the exception of a few markets like China, many markets are still indeed have many of their employees working from home. So that was one, really the, the mental health piece. The second piece I would say is indeed around what we call smart working. So clearly tied to mental health, but just working efficiently. When we've suddenly had to switch to e-commerce and um, consultative e-selling to our customers and working on so-called Zoom calls all the time as teams, I think it there was a factor of efficiency that fell there was a factor or an element of innovation that that fell by the wayside. So for Schneider, those two dimensions, related dimensions were top of mind. I don't have the perfect solution point, Bill, but I think one thing that was really helpful is one, leaders at the top and at, across the organization acknowledged it, acknowledged that it's hard and acknowledge especially the more sensitive topic of well-being and mental health. Sometimes it feels like a taboo topic, but I'm really proud that Schneider took that on. And we engaged with most of our top leadership team's um, well-being sessions. So brought in some external experts to facilitate um, how well-being and mental health and stress management were affecting themselves and their teams and tips and tricks and ideas for how to implement something um, more, more efficacious. The other thing I think from my side is, um, again, back to the learning and the training. We rolled out and into next year, this will also be one of the mandatory trainings for our employees worldwide, uh, really education around smart working, remote working, how to manage technology like Teams and email, et cetera, when it comes to smart working in a digital environment, as well as just basic education around mental health. So those are areas that work for Schneider, but they're definitely still works in progress for us. We have a lot more to see as the as these big shifts continue in the next normal, and we know the normal will keep shifting, right? Um, but this is something we're going to also prioritize for 2022. Okay, wonderful. And just finally for today, Tina, how can our listeners connect with you? Um, so maybe you want to share your email or perhaps LinkedIn, Twitter, whatever you like to do there. And, and maybe how, how can they learn more about the things that you get up to and your team get up to over at Schneider Electric? 
Of course, Bill. So probably the easiest way to reach me is through LinkedIn. And so send me a connection, happy to connect. And we are always um, super eager and happy to share our learnings, lessons learned, what works, what doesn't, as well as to hear from other organizations who are on the same path. Awesome. That just leads me to say for today, Tina, thank you so much for being my guest on this episode of the HR Chat Show. Thank you, Bill. It's a great opportunity. I appreciate it. And listeners, as always, until next time, happy working. Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette.